You are alive to shine. I'm Beth. And I'm Kate. And this is the Shine Podcast, where we meet lots of different people and hear about the ways that they light up the world. And here's why we're doing this. We've been changed and affected by people who shine with the love of Jesus. And the world needs people like that and like you right now. So be encouraged and let your light shine. You graduated from the, was it the Joint Vocational School? Is yeah. that what they called it back then? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They call it something else now. Yeah. Well, I worked at the Dutch house. No way. I did for six years. Mm-hmm. Were you a waitress? Or were you a like bakery? Mm-hmm. Or are you back in the... I was waitress. Nice. Mm-hmm. And then once I had my oldest son, we decided that I would be a stay-at-home mom. Well, I had Cody. Okay. And then, unfortunately... When did you get married? I got married when I was 25, and unfortunately, that didn't last. Is that Cody's dad? Yes. And then I met Dylan's dad. I love your kids. Thanks. I do, too. Mm-hmm. They're awesome. They are. Yeah. You, you raised And Dylan's dad and I were married for 17 years. So Cody was six, and, oh. and he walked me down the aisle, and we actually exchanged rings with him. You know, I think we just grew apart. I think both of my marriages, looking back now, as I look back at them, I didn't try hard enough. Like, it's like, okay, I've had enough, I'm done. Instead of like going, okay, let's get counseling, let's do, let's work on things, I was just done. You know, it takes two to make a marriage, and I guess I wasn't as close with the Lord back then, Mm. you know, like I was like doing the, taking the boys to church, but having that personal relationship with the Lord, I probably would have said, I know the Lord would not want me to divorce. So has that impacted, so you've been dating Bill for 12 years. Mm -hmm. Is that, I don't want to get married to him because. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. As a matter of fact, we don't even live together. He lives across the hall from me. And so, you know, I I usually see him three times a week because, like, of my work schedule. So I'll see him on my days off, and then he's off the weekends. So, and I work two weekends a month, so I'll see him on the weekends. But, yeah, I feel like I failed twice. So I don't want to do that again. You know, and he's even brought up, like, you're punishing me for for past. But I kind of feel like, well, it's not broken, so why fix it? God has a lot of grace, and he's not punishing you. So who are you to punish yourself for the rest of your life? <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> you never did cosmetology? I did. Well, not once I graduated. Take that back. <laughs> After I graduated, I got a job in cosmetology, and my first week I made $8. Oh. I was like, whoa, this this isn't going to make it, so. <laughs> yeah, I kind of gave it up, and I, I don't really think I, um, I don't really think I had the confidence enough in myself. Hair cutting, yes, but not like coloring hair and. Do you do your kids? I did my kids growing up, yes. And now when they want my, their hair cut, I'm, well, well, Cody actually cuts Dylan's hair. Like, he's amazing. He didn't even go to school for it, and he's amazing. So now it's like, Mom, you cut my hair? No. <laughs> I don't enjoy it anymore. <laughs> I tried cutting Jake, Jacob's hair when he was little. He had curly hair. And then one day the little buzzer thing went. It got stuck in his curls. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm yeah, done with that. Here. 
You ready to go? You have any questions? I'm excited to be here. Welcome, Shine Podcast listeners. It's Bethy. It's Katie. And we are here with the beautiful, lovely Julie Frederick. Yeah. Welcome, Julie. Welcome. It's awesome to be here. It's great to have you here. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you said yes. I was driving here thinking, Julie Frederick said yes, because sometimes I don't know who we're about to interview. She just shows up. I was so excited. Well, it's funny because when Beth texts me, I'm like, oh my gosh, like they want to podcast me? Yes. (laughs) So much. My granddaughter, Sadie, said to me, so what are you doing? And I said... Well, you know, the church has a podcast, and they interview you. Do you know what that is? Yeah. And she said, what are they asking you? So I kind of went through the questions, and I said, so you better be ready and be thinking, because I'm going to interview you today. (laughs) Oh, that's fun. So is that the plan when you go home? Yeah. I love it. I like that. Julie was born in Salem and raised in the surrounding area. She went to Salem Elementary until fourth grade, and then they moved, and from fifth to tenth grade, she went to United Local, and she graduated from East Palestine. But she never went to high school there because she was in the joint vocational school Mm -hmm. studying cosmetology. After graduation, she worked in cosmetology for one week, and... (laughs) $8 a week wasn't cutting it for her, so she switched gears and went into the restaurant industry. She worked at the Huddle Restaurant and then Lakefront, and she was also in charge of the putt-putt golf and the driving range in the daytime, and then she waitressed at night. Julie got married when she was 25 and was married to her first husband for three years, and they had their son, Cody. She also worked at the Dutch House Restaurant for six years and then became a stay-at-home mom. After that marriage dissolved, she met her second husband, and they were married for 17 years. They had Dylan together. She got hired at the Ohio Turnpike when she was 28, and she is still there. She just hit her 30-year anniversary. Did they celebrate? Did you get something for 30 years? I get a little pin. Oh, a little 30-year pin. Oh, my gosh. I feel like it should come with a check or something. I know, right? (laughs) How's that job? I love my job. You know, like, even after 30 years, I I love my job. Okay, so we were driving home from vacation, and we went past the toll booth, and Corinne was saying, is that a real job? Like, can anyone get hired for that? She was so interested. And because you get to see people, I mean, do you meet a million different people? million different are they nice the majority of them are nice but they're they're all different what do you love about it i just love people where's your booth at i work at niles 218 so you would get on in north lima and head towards cleveland and then it's the next interchange up from north lima and you work nights right 3 to 11 afternoon is that Mm -hmm. considered afternoon yeah i i love 3 to 11 So I was part-time for 20-some years, and I knew if I ever went full-time that I would get stuck on 3 to 11 because they bid their lines by seniority. I worked part-time until I got my boys graduated, and then I needed the benefits after my second divorce. So then um, after they were graduated, then I went full-time. So I've actually only been full-time for nine years. Okay. That's still amazing. Do you have any crazy stories? Has someone ever hit a toll booth? Oh, yes. Yeah. As a matter of fact. As <laughs> Have a people matter- driven into your toll booth? <laughs> Not my toll booth. But as a matter of fact, just last week, like, we have oversized loads that, you know, that travel the turnpike. Well, when they're oversized, there's a little phone that they need to 
pull over and call and let us know like what their width is. Wow, apparently somebody got on without calling and when they went to exit the booth, they got stuck and ripped the top of our booth. Yeah, so we uh, had to call the patrol and you know, they had to come and back him out of there. <laughs> Another time, this actually happened at at our gate and the collector was in the booth. Another truck had poles that were oversized. Yeah, and when he went through the gate, it literally like smashed out the window and put Did they stop and check or they just keep on moving? Sorry about that. Well, and drive on. <laughs> if they can get through, they'll like not even stop. But <gasps> in that case, how do you not stop? So. Never a dull moment. No. It's really not a boring, like people think we just sit there and take money all day. Oh, what a boring job. And it, it really isn't boring at all. That's cool. I like that. Maybe Ren that can shadow Ren. her. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she have a, bring your friend to work day. Yeah. <laughs> bring your friend's child to work day. <laughs> Julie came from a small family with only one sibling, a brother, Brian, who passed away in 2018 at the age of 56. Oh. She lost her dad at the age of two. And she recently lost her mom in February last year. Oh so you're it from your original family. Yeah. And you're still young. Hard. I know. Sometimes I feel like an orphan. It's like, wow, right? like I, I don't have a family other than my boy, you know? It's like, yes. Huh. Mm -hmm. oh her son, Cody, is married to her daughter-in-law, Tiffany, and they have a beautiful granddaughter, Sadie. Sadie <laughs> comes to church with you. Yeah. We love Sadie. She loves church. Oh my gosh, I love her. She also has a boyfriend, Bill, of 12 years, who's an amazing cook, and she enjoys spending time with friends and family, being outdoors, and traveling. When she retires, she plans on becoming a snowbird, spending winter months in the warmer climates. Florida or Arizona? Or North Carolina? Where's <laughs> California? Well... <laughs> Where are you going? I don't know. I haven't really decided yet. I don't know if I want to get like a camper type thing and just, okay, Go this wherever year, you want. This year, yeah, because I'm not really sure that I want to be locked down in one spot. Well, Florida is out for me because my hair would totally frizz. <laughs> and I, when I was in Colorado a couple of weeks ago, my hair was like so well behaved because it was dry there. I always give up. We go to Florida every year because we can stay at Chris's dad's. And I'm always like, I'm going to win this time. I'm going to figure my hair out this time. And then by day two, it's in a messy bun for the next seven days. I give up completely because it's... Yeah, it would probably it would probably have to be like where we could drive to. Mm. And of course, Bill would have to drive because I don't think I could handle a big camper. He drives truck for R&J, so he's used to those. He, he's used to driving big things. That's great. I did tell him yesterday, though, driving to work, I said, I don't think I'd want to move to Florida. As hot as it was here yesterday. Well, they just spend their three months inside in, in the air conditioning when we spend our winter months <laughs> inside with the heaters. So, Julie, tell us, who or what turned your light on? I would have to say it was my best friend in high school. I didn't grow up in a Christian family. I remember being young and my mom sending us to church, me and my brother to church with another family. I think she had a, I don't want to say anything against the religion. She grew up Catholic. And when she was 18, she got pregnant with my brother mm -hmm. out of woodlock. And the Catholic Church wanted her to give him up, and she refused. So she kind of got thrown out of the Catholic Church. And from that point on, she didn't go to church. 
And then when I was probably a sophomore, my best friend in school invited me to go to church with her, and we would go to Wednesday night youth group. I always felt like I always knew about God. How did your life change once you were introduced to a relationship with Jesus? I would have to say, I don't know, I always felt close to God. And there were times when I would fall away from Him, but was always drawn back to Him. But it hasn't been probably since I came back here, when Dylan and I came back here, um, what, maybe a, a year, year and a half ago, that I actually had a personal relationship with Him. You know, like there's a difference between knowing God and then having that personal, intimate relationship with Him. Did you, were you here before COVID? Yes. Oh, so it's been mm-hmm. more than a year and a half. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember. And it was really funny how we ended up back here. So I kind of fell away from church. Just kind of like out of the blue, Dylan texted me and said, Hey, Mom, do you want to go, want to start back to church with me tomorrow? And I'm like, Yeah. Like, where do you want to go? And he said, I don't know. Where do you want to go? And I'm like, I don't know. Where do you want to go? And he's like, Well, why don't we try Greenford Christian Church? And I said, Okay, pick me up. If you know Dylan, Dylan's never on time for anything. So he picks me up, and we go out at the end of Old 14 to turn left. And I don't know if you remember, but they had been working on that bridge. So it was closed. Well, we're already running late, and I'm like, oh, great. What do we do now? And he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, well, why don't we just go to the upper room? So we came here, and, and Chris was preaching, and Dylan really liked him, you know what I mean? So we just uh, kept coming here. What do you think made it stick this past time? I just know the importance of walking with God. Like he's just, he's my rock. He's everything to me. Like I wake up in the morning and say, good morning, Lord. And it's like, he's like my best friend, especially since I don't have any family left. You know what I mean? Like other than my kids and, and Bill, like, you know, if I need to talk to somebody or if I'm going through something, like, now he's my first go-to for everything. Oh, my gosh, I'm so teary today. <laughs> oh, my gosh, we need more tissues. There's two left. <laughs> we can each cry I... one tear. Here you go. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's all you get. So tell us what lights you up. My family lights me up. The Lord lights me up. And people. I love people. It takes someone special to work in the service industry because the public can be hard sometimes. <laughs> they, you know, and you know, you were a waitress and now you're working at the turnpike. And I think they can be hard because sometimes they're like, you don't know me and I can treat you however I want. And, and I have found that since I'm closer to the Lord, I'm like so much more calm. Without Him, people can be rude and you just want to like throat punch them. <laughs> and, you know, now it's just like they could be rude to me. And then it's funny because they'll, they'll, leave, they'll be driving out and I'll be like, you jerk. And then, and then it's like the Lord convicts me. You know what I mean? It's, I'm like, okay, okay, Lord, I'm sorry. You know? <laughs> What's yeah. he tell you? Love them anyhow. <laughs> He's like, Julie, Julie, that wasn't nice. And I'm like, I know, Lord. You know, so so I kind of feel like I think the biggest thing that 
irritates me about people is they don't when they don't acknowledge me. Mm-hmm. Like if I have 800 people a day come through my lane, I have said hello 800 times. If I say hello, at least acknowledge me. Look at you and yes. you know. And that's good for us to hear when we are in checkout lines, like get off your phone and look at your cashier and say hello and ask them how their day is. Or now you guys think about this when you're going through the turnpike, think about Julie and smile and say hello. Yeah. And I think that goes like both ways because I can't tell you how many people will pull up and say, you're so friendly or you actually talk. And I'm like, what? (laughs) <laughs> you know, and they'll be like, yeah, most most of you people are not friendly. And I'm like, oh, and then I'll say, I'm so sorry. Well, I think that's one of the things that should mark us as people who love Jesus, that people are really important. I mean, isn't that, you know, the general message from Jesus would be people are so valuable and they're so important and each person has a special place in God's heart and he made them and created them specifically and we talk about the culture of honor here a lot but making sure that we bring that out of this place into the world around us where we see people I mean even if it's just a moment I thought about that when I was traveling I was traveling by myself a couple weeks ago and I don't love traveling. I don't, I do not, I can't say I love the airport or planes, but I'm like, why do I hate it so much? But you're with all these people and it's like, I just felt like a number or you don't even matter or like you're invisible. I was thinking about that. I'm like, I don't like this feeling. You don't know anybody. No one looks at you. No one talks to you. And I, I always laugh about people who say, oh, I met this person on the plane and they talked the whole time. I'm like, I never talked to anybody <laughs> on the plane. Not had no one experience. has ever tried to talk to me. I don't try to talk to them. It feels lonely. You don't have your people with you and no one cares about you. <clears throat> so maybe we should, we should change that. change that and start making people feel like they're noticed and we care about them. But you do. And people realize that and recognize that even when they're driving through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Which is great. That's great. Right? And I love with Sadie. I know this is totally changing directions, but I can see how much Sadie lights you up. I can, you know, your relationship is so precious. I mean, I see you on Sunday, but just seeing it for a couple of moments, it's obvious and I just love your relationship with your kids. Yeah. It's really it's really good. I've always had an open relationship with my boys. And even, and even Sadie, I'll tell her, you know, like, you can come and talk to me about anything. And I gave my boys that Christian foundation. And I feel like, not that it's my responsibility, but kind of is because I'm her Grammy. I feel like I need to give Sadie that too. Because if I don't, who who is? If I don't give it to her, then when she starts getting into high school or she goes out to, to the world, we know how cruel the world could be. Like, I don't want the devil devouring her. What do you do for fun? I mean, is there something that lights you up outside of? No, I'm pretty boring. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, deal. I, uh, well, she works 3 to 11. Oh, I, that's, those were difficult hours to really have a lot of extracurriculars. Unless yeah. you love coffee in the morning. And I do. So, yeah, like I, I have I coffee love, dates. <laughs> yeah. I, that's why I love working 3 to 11, though, is because I don't have to wake up to an alarm clock. So I get up and have my coffee and, you know, do my devotions and do any errands that I have to do. 
I, I love traveling, but you know, you need money and time for that. Where's the wildest place you've traveled? Well, I haven't traveled very far. Maybe. Oh, okay. Or what, what's your favorite place you've traveled? Cancun. Yeah. A few years ago, me and a couple girlfriends took a, a girl's trip to Cancun. My, my boyfriend doesn't like to travel. If I travel, like I said, it has to be where we drive. I'm not really sure that I want to drive. Like, I want to be there in a couple hours. You know, I don't want to have to drive a day or a day and a half and then... I'm with you. So just get me there and... When do you get to retire? I'm uh-huh. hoping three years. Nice. I have the time, but I don't have the age. So I'm hoping... That'll go fast. Yeah, because when I sit there and think I've been on the turnpike 30 years, that's like, wow. I'm the old one now. You know, when I started, you had ones that have the older people, you know, I mean, not old, but they were in their, you know, 50s or 60s. And I was just the young one. And now I think, oh, like, look at all these young pups underneath (laughs) me now. (laughs) Like, that's me. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Oh, three years would be so fun to retire. I know. I can't wait. Yeah, I mean, yes. It's going to be like 60 years. Oh, my goodness. That's funny. So tell us, you've talked about this a little bit with people at the turnpike and your kids, but how are you letting your light shine right now? Part of my morning prayer is I always ask God to let me touch somebody in a special way. So whether that's with a smile, people that come through, I always... I'll compliment them, whether it be on their glasses, their hair. You know, I always just try and lift somebody up because I sit there and think, especially if they're grumpy, you know, I try and think, I might be the only person they see today or come in contact today. So I just try and encourage people. And Have you seen it when you do that, change their countenance? Yeah. Sometimes, here's an example somebody will come through and as a matter of fact i i've been there 30 years and i never had anybody scream at me like this guy screamed at like he was furious so people have the easy pass which is a transponder that they don't have to stop and pay the fare and this guy pulled up and he's screaming at me because his transponder is not reading which I tell them all the time, like, it would be a perfect world if these things read every single time, but they don't. So we end up having to manually punch punch them in. But he's like, why isn't my, and he's like using obscenities and screaming at me, why isn't this working? And his poor wife is like leaning down and looking at me and she's mouthing, I'm so sorry. And I said, sir, sometimes they don't work, but it should work. That's what I have an easy pass for. And I'm like, well, if you would just you know, hand it to me and I'll be able to punch it into you. Inside, I'm raging and I'm angry and I want to scream back at him. But I know that if I do, then it's just going to escalate things. So I just kind of like try and do my part and bite my tongue and and be calm and de-escalate it. If you're defensive back, you know, they're just going to be defensive. So I just kind of like do the a best gentle thing. answer turns away wrath. A harsh so, word stirs up anger. But it was so funny because uh-huh. my supervisor was in the next lane over and she opened the door and she hears him like screaming at me and she's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, it's okay. Yeah. So I guess if you have to kind of diffuse the situation the best that you can, but I don't think I'd be able to do that if I didn't have the Holy Spirit living in me because it would be the humanness coming out of me and mm-hmm. just 
wanting to battle. Yeah, that's good. I waitressed for six weeks during college. It was the longest six weeks of my life. (laughs) I'm like, I'm not cut out for this work. Oh, my goodness. It is not for the faint of heart working with people every day. Sometimes, I know, I, I don't know whether I should do this or not, but if I get a really rude person, and then after I give them their change, they'll snatch the change out, and I'll be like, have a good day. I'll pray for you. <laughs> but then, yeah, then you get people that like come through. Like just a couple weeks ago, you know, I I had a girl come through and she was crying, and I'm like, "Are you okay?" You know, and she's like, "Yeah." And then I would I asked her name, and you know, I said, "Would you mind if I prayed for you?" And she, you know, she said no. And then another fella had had his mom at the Cleveland Clinic. She was actually in bad shape and passing. And, you know, some people come through and they just feel like they need somebody to unload on. So not only are you just taking money, but, you know, you you actually have that inter- interaction with people. And then I'll say, you know, you know, what's her name? And would you mind if I prayed for her? It's not just a job. It becomes a ministry opportunity. I mean, really, even offering to pray for people and their family members. And yeah, that's so good. Maybe you do at work, but have you ever had any supernatural experiences or anything that's been surprising to you or you can't explain? I think my first encounter was, and I don't know if you'd really call this supernatural, but a girlfriend and I were at a restaurant eating breakfast and I went to pay the bill and I noticed this young guy eating by himself and the Lord was telling me, pay, pay for his bill. And I'm just like, whatever. I paid for my bill and I just kind of discarded it. And we got in the car and I had such a conviction from the Holy Spirit that she started pulling out and I go, wait, I have to go back in there. And so I went up to the register and I, I said, I don't know who his waitress is, but don't ask me any questions because I don't know why, but I want to pay for his bill. But it was such a strong conviction on my like I don't know him I didn't know his story but the Lord was telling me pay for his bill so I did and then Ron Myers had a class on speaking in tongues and Dylan and I went to it afterwards you know we went to the sanctuary and he called us up one by one and and I'm like I really want to speak in tongues I really want to do this and like a couple people went up ahead of me and they did a little bit so I get up there and he's like just you know start praising God and I'm like I love you Jesus I praise you Jesus I praise you Jesus and all of a sudden like I just started speaking in tongues and I couldn't stop like I go to sit back down and I go to say something and I'm still speaking in tongues like it it wouldn't quit I thought wow that was amazing. How has that changed your prayer life? I don't speak in tongues every day. There's times when I'm driving home at night and if I have a heavy heart, then I'll start, I'll pray and then I'll start speaking in tongues. Or, you know, I speak a lot in worship service, like before singing. And then I'll just kind of like get real quiet and then I'll just start speaking in tongues. I don't know what I'm saying, but I know the Lord does. He knows what's on my heart. and Probably my latest one was a couple weeks ago. I pray for all my kids, but Dylan is kind of having it rough right now, so I, I've prayed for him quite a bit. It's funny because, like, people say, ask me how he's doing, and I'll say, well, I don't really know I'm loving him from afar right now. And I was having my daily devotions, 
and I was praying to God and just probably with all our kids or situations you give it to God and then you take it back and then you give it to God and then you take it back so this one particular morning like I said okay Lord you know I'm I'm surrendering him to you I'm laying him at your feet Cody when he was younger I went through a rough time with him and I remember coming and talking to Chuck about the situation and he said well you know Julie you could ask God to break the lamb's leg but you got to be careful what you pray for. And at that time, I was desperate. So I prayed that prayer. And thank God everything turned out okay. Now that I'm older and wiser, I can't pray that prayer for Dylan. Because that means a lot of things, you know? And I'm, I'm telling God this. I'm like, that means you could literally take him from me. I couldn't handle that. I couldn't handle that pain. You don't understand. And he said... No, you don't understand. I know that pain because I gave my one and only son for you. I was like, wow, yeah, you're right. And then he said to me, you don't have to love Dylan from afar. You just need to love him where he's at right now. And no matter what, he is covered by the blood of Jesus. And I just start bawling. My boyfriend came in and he's like, babe, what's wrong? And I'm like, I just had a revelation from God. And he's like, what? And I'm like, you're going to think I'm crazy. But like God spoke to me and he's like, like you heard his voice. And I'm like, not an actual voice, babe, but the Holy Spirit spoke to me. You know what I mean? So yeah, I just, I've never had that happen to me before, you know? And I think it's just because I do have that intimate relationship with him. He will speak to to you if you listen you know having children it's like your heart walks around outside of your body for the rest of your lives <laughs> and when our children are struggling as moms it's yeah. it can be so painful but yeah. i just you know god, when they loves, hurt, we god hurt. loves them more than we love them we don't think that's possible but <laughs> he does yeah but we need those moments of revelation which is why we need those moments with the Holy Spirit. We need a quiet time. We need a prayer closet. We need a time away because we need to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say. And we need to be alone and we need to be in the scripture. We need to be in the word because those moments are moments where we can quiet ourselves enough to get revelation. Like you said, we can know a lot of things. Like you were saying, you know, you grew up and knew of Jesus, but there's a difference between that and the relationship of it. You know, like Mark was saying, there's a difference between the Logos and the Rhema word. We need to be listening and in the scripture and with the Holy Spirit to know what the word is for that moment for us. And We live in a society that's so over-scheduled, over-programmed. Oh, you know, it's just noisy. Everything's yelling and screaming at us. And if we don't pull away and purposely set aside time for quiet time, it doesn't just happen. It won't happen. Yeah. It gets, your all your time gets sucked up. It was like, I had such a calming come over me. Mm. And it was literally like, I could feel this weight being lifted off my shoulders. And it's really funny because like, since that morning, I can't really say that I, not that I don't worry. We always worry about our kids, but it's like, 
you know, God, God already knows what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. God already knows the path that Dylan's on and where it's leading. It's his worry, mm-hmm. not mine. Well, thanks for coming in today, Julie. Thanks it's so fun to me. get to yes. chat with you and have coffee with you this morning. Appreciate it. Make sure you tune in next week for another special guest. Bye. Bye.